17. We're going to look at the widow of Zarephath this morning. Might be a familiar story for some, and uh, maybe uh, not so familiar for others. Uh, But this morning, as we look in on this text, the idea that I want us to kind of wrap our mind around here this morning, it'll actually be the title of the message, and that is when obedience costs you everything. When obedience costs you everything. Let's ask the Lord to, to bless right now, even before, we, even before we read His Word. Father, we thank You, God, for the privilege that we have to be here this morning. And uh, Lord, I'm so thankful for God just to be co-laborers, Lord, with these great people that make up this church, and Lord, those that you're even uh, bringing on a regular basis to become part of our church. God, co-laborers for you, and Lord, in lifting you up. God, I've enjoyed every single song that we sang this morning, from It Is Well to I'm a Child of the King, and This I Believe, and uh, Lord, the last one, how we'll praise your name forever. And Lord, I pray that, God, as we look in on this Old Testament text, this, this story that is thousands of years old, that, Lord, we will see that it still praises your name forever. It's still God is pointing people to you some thousands of years later. And, Father, I pray that we would find, uh, Lord, what you have for us in this text and uh, this message this morning. And, uh, God, I ask that, Lord, you'd pinpoint areas in our life, Lord, where you desire to minister. And I'll be careful to give you the honor and the glory for all that's said and done. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to read the, the text here. It should be up on the screen. But we're going to begin to number 8, uh, 1 Kings chapter number 17. It says, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, It came unto Elijah, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, and belong in, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a, woman, a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. Verse 12, And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but an handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise, and behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruse of oil fail, until that the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and he and her house did eat many days, and the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruse of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. Now I want you this morning to imagine what it was like for her. What it would have been like for this woman who with just her and her little boy. Her husband had just died and together now this mother 
in this son, they were, they were starving to death. They were victims of a widespread um, famine because of a drought, and there was no place to go, and there was nothing to do that they could do about their situation. She had defaced the reality of their coming demise, and she would take her little pot of flour and this little bit of oil that she had left, and she would gather some sticks. She was planning to make a cake, and they were planning on eating their final meal with her son and then laying down until they died. Now, what I want to do is I want to ask you some real-life questions this morning. I want you to... I want, you to, I want you to really consider them. And the first question is, is what would you be thinking if you were her? What would you be thinking if you were this, if you were this woman that had just a handful of food left to feed herself and her son? What would you, what would you be thinking? I also want to ask you this, what would you be thinking about God? In this moment, what would, what would be on your mind? And, and before we go any further with any additional questions, I want you to pretend that you were there. I want you to stop. I want you to try not to think about what we have planned for later. And one of the announcements I forgot was we've got a, a VBS workday. I hope if you can stay for that, it'd be great. But even as I draw your attention there, try not to, try not to think about anything. Try not to think about your try not to think about your lump. Just stop and pretend that you are here in this moment. What would you be thinking about God? Handful of meal left, a little bit of oil. It's your last meal. Another question. What would you say to your son? I mean, I mean, come on, think about it. What what is something that you would say to your son? How would you respond if someone you did not know, next question, came and asked you to give them the ingredients for your last meal on earth? How would you respond to somebody like that? Put yourself in the, in the shoes of this woman. I think sometimes you and I, what happens is, is, we, is we read the Bible or we hear the Bible read and sometimes we do it so stoically. Sometimes I think we forget that the characters of these stories that are embedded in the Old Testament, they were people just like you, people just like me. They had hopes, they had dreams, they believed, they doubted. They felt joy. They also at times felt despair. They suffered. They suffered real pain, sometimes physical pain. They did not know what was going to happen next. See, you and I, we open up the Old Testament and we read these stories. And if you've been in church any length of time, you know that she, read it, she obeys the command of the Lord and the food stays. But she didn't know that was going to happen. She had to believe. She had to, she had to trust the, the word of this prophet of Elijah who would have been speaking for the Lord. Sometimes they cried out to God. And sometimes they lived as if God did not even exist. Men and women in the Bible, 
that you and I, my desire of this series, even children, we'll have children in on that day, is that men and women, that you can see yourself in the pages of Scripture and you can begin to ask yourselves this question of what would you have been thinking? What would you have been thinking about God at this moment? And then some stranger comes and he says, hey, I want you to, I want you to take care of me first. So let's consider, first of all, the widow here in this text. Imagine the suffering of this woman. Not only was she grieving the loss of her husband, but she was now forced to face the fact that she and her son, they were getting ready to die too. There was no denying the dire state that she was in. You and I know people that are just deniers. I mean, their situation is so grim, and yet it's always like, well, praise the Lord, he's right around the corner. No, no, there was none of that here. They were getting ready to eat their last meal, and they were getting ready to die. How could it get any worse? How could life at this moment get any darker? But what we did, but what you got to understand is that she didn't know that that God had chosen to shine the light of glorious life on her. God had already chosen for her to be a part of something more wonderful than anything her broken heart could ever even have imagined. See, God had chosen this weak and broken lady to be part of something that would influence people of faith centuries and thousands of years later. We are reading of her this morning and finding, hopefully, some challenge, absolutely, but also some some encouragement as she points us to Jesus. God had chosen to not only give her life, but to be a vehicle of life that through her present Life that, that he was going to re- present to her the resurrection and the life. The vehicle of all of this would be an outrageous request. <laughs> One that I honestly think, can I just be honest with you, I probably would have refused. Yet here you find that God uses a request. And we, we meet this widow at the, at the city gates gathering sticks and as she's gathering sticks you've got Elijah come and he's he's got the request he's got the he's got the question of all questions and it's a it's a scary one it's a stranger who you and I know as Elijah but she didn't know who Elijah was she just sees this stranger come up to her and he asks her for a drink of water I mean, I, I mean, I want you to consider that. You've gone to the, you've gone to the gate. You're picking up some sticks. You're going to build a fire. You're going to make your last meal. You're getting ready to die. And she is asked for some water. Verse number 10. I think they're having some problem with the screen. Look, look there in your Bibles there. Verse number 10. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And the widow's response to this very first request, it's amazing to me. It absolutely is astounding. And the reason why it's astounding is because she, hear me, she steps out of her own suffering to provide this man who she does not know a drink of water. 
What a lesson there is all in of itself, not even the thrust of the message for you and for me. This woman is in the midst of suffering. This woman is questioning the very next day of her life. And in the midst of that, someone asks of her, they have need. The man is thirsty. He wants some water. She doesn't know the whole God side of it yet. And she said, all right. It happens a lot of times when we're in the middle of suffering. We become very internal, don't we? We look to our needs and our wants and we look out to others and we think, well, they're not doing this and they're not doing that. What is the wrong with it? And all along we are suffering and what God often, so oftentimes, He will bring somebody along and He wants us to literally lift up our eyes and to look out and minister to others. What a lesson. Remember, God only spoke to Elijah and told him a widow would provide. But for this widow, this man is a stranger, and she is concerned about keeping her and her son alive. Remember, real story here. Live is like you are there. And then Elijah makes this request, and honestly, he takes it, he takes it even further. Shockingly, he, he, got, he, goes to the, he comes to the woman, and she's got a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil, and he says, hey, you know what, I want you to bake me some bread. I want you to, I want you to, I want you to cook for me. Not only, not only do I want you to get some water, hey, but before you go, can you also bring some, bring some bread back for me? And I could uh, imagine the woman beginning to scream, bread? Are you crazy? Do you know how long it would take to make bread? All I have for myself is myself and my son. There's a famine. What in the world are you asking me to make bread for you for? But the widow doesn't flip out and run away like I would. I'd be like, sorry, I'm not all about this. But she responds in verse 12, and she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and for my son that we may eat it and die. And this is when the story begins to turn. Elijah declares in verse number 13, Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me therefore thereof a little cake first. And bring it unto me. And after, make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. Listen, this isn't just an Old Testament woman. Put yourself in the story. The man says, hey, I want you to, I want you to go make a cake for me first. I want, you to, I want you to go make some bread for me first. And then I want you to bring it to me. Then go make it for your son and for yourself. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? You've got just a little bit. And can you imagine, you heard the story, you heard the man say, hey, if you'll really do this, if, if you'll obey, then guess what? Your family's going to get taken care of. But there's a period of time before that takes place. And she's cooking, thinking, i got to do this for him first? Put yourself in the story. God's asking for everything. And the story, of course, concludes with a blessing in verse 15. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and he and her house did eat many days. 
and the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. This dear widow, at the end of her very rope, chose to make the prophet his requested cake. What would you have done? I mean, come on. What would you have done? If we're honest with ourselves, many of us, we'd have kept the ingredients for ourselves. Would have been, this is all about me. You know what I'm going to make? If this is my last meal, I'm going out with all glory. It's going to be an awesome meal. If I got one more meal to eat, guess where I'm going? Can anyone take a guess? Talk to me. Anybody? Cheesecake factory. You better believe it. I'm getting the bread, and I'm getting an appetizer, and I'm getting a meal, and you better believe I'm not sharing a piece of cheesecake. It's all for me. And yet this woman, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to obey the voice of the Lord that's coming through this man, Elijah. By acting in faith, the widow not only made Elijah a cake, but she made a cake for her and her son, and she was able to make many meals for all of them because the flour and the oil, they did not run out. So let me say this. The blessing of the endless flour is a physical picture that the giver of life had invaded her life by His grace. If you will recall what we talked about last week, anything that is ever done out of, you know, out of a heart of worship or out of a heart of obedience, listen, it means that the giver of life has come. If you read, we're going to get there in a moment, you read at the end of this text, it never alludes that she trusted in, in, in God for salvation. I believe she already had that. At the end, she says to, to Elijah, he says, okay, now I believe that what you're saying is from God. Not that, hey, I believe in God now. I believe that grace had already entered into this woman's door, that her life had already changed. And listen, it brought about willing obedience. Sometimes an obedience that you've got to be willing to cost you everything. Long before she had ever eaten his provision, God had chosen her to not only experience life, but to be an instrument of, a, of the prophet's continuing life and ministry. God often asks us to give us everything that's left so he can do something greater than our finite minds can even imagine. And here's what I don't want to do for you. I don't want to do any, this any time in the series. I don't want to lift this woman up as some hero, but I assure you, I probably wouldn't have done what she did. I'd have gone to the Cheesecake Factory. And yet, you find this real story of a woman that had been invaded with grace. And she ultimately is going to be a beautiful picture of what goes on. But not only do we see the widow... Not only this outrageous request from Elijah, but we also want to say that continued faith was required. This story would be amazing enough if it stopped at verse 16, but it does not. Taking a more dramatic turn than, honestly, anybody that's reading the Bible would ever expect, all of a sudden the widow's son becomes stricken with what seems to be an illness completely unto death. 
the physical signs in this passage are going to would tell us that the boy is dying or is dead. We find in verse number 17 of this text, and it says, And it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick. And his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. And she said unto Elijah, What have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? Why in the world would God allow this to happen? Doesn't it seem to almost provide, you know, it, it just doesn't seem make any sense to provide this endless provision for the boy's sustenance and then take his life? Shouldn't God be rewarding the widow? She had an act of such faith. From a distance, it looks rather like a sick joke. Have you ever felt like, come on, let's just be honest. Have you ever felt like God sometimes toying with you? It's not just a story. Put yourself there. God says, hey, I want you to give a portion of your last meal to sustain my, my man here, this prophet. You do that, begin to see the miracle. The Bible says earlier that they ate for many days. And now her son dies. God, what are you doing? Is this just a sick joke? You're just messing with me? Listen, this isn't a sick joke. No, this is a divine calling. What do I mean by that? See, God has chosen this poor widow and her only son to be included in a prophecy about the most significant event that would ever happen in this in history god has chosen for her to be an actual living witness of someone die and then someone be resurrected through the widow of zarephath god would declare himself not only to be the giver of life in the terms of making provision for the needs of his children but as the giver of life who could do what no person could ever do and that was defeat death this is what a picture, this is a type of what Jesus Christ would someday do. And it's an amazing picture. And I, I want us to read it here in verse number 19. And he said unto her, give me thy son. And he took him out of her bosom, she, she was holding him, and carried him up into a loft where he abode, and laid him upon his own bed. And he cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, hast thou also brought evil upon the widow with whom I sojourn by slaying her son? And he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him again. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came into him again, and he revived. Now may I remind you, God is the only one that can breathe life, can breathe a living soul into anybody. Go back to Genesis, that's what he did with Adam. Breathed the soul of the child, came into him again, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house and delivered him unto his mother. And Elijah said, See, thy son liveth. And the woman said to Elijah, Now by this I know that thou art a man of God, and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is true. Again, put yourself into the scene of this story. I mean, how discouraging. You're, you're getting ready to die. And then, I mean, how amazing. You just, you take some of, the, some of the flour, you take some of the oil, and you begin to cook it, and it just stays there. I mean, how awesome would that have been? 
Then a few days later, we don't know how many days, but they ate for several days on that. Then all of a sudden you walk in and your son, he's dying. How discouraging again. How despairing again. And then moments later, now he's resurrected. The roller coaster of life. Sound familiar? Ladies and gentlemen, I do not want to get up in front of you and tell you that the Christian life is always going to be like, woo! Sometimes it is way down in the valley. Sometimes you're preparing for your last meal and God gives you the cheesecake factor and you get excited. And then sometimes it's Taco Bell. Gross. No, I'm just kidding. I like BJ's too. God's involved. In it all. God cares for you. God gives you a story of a woman here and her willingness to obey, to point you to Christ. And as I I close here this morning, I want to end with our story. Now I guess that most of us in here have not experienced a famine of this magnitude. Now, as I look out before you t- tonight, or excuse me, before you this morning, it looks like all of us have eaten this week, okay? Some of us have eaten really, really well. My son has had basically fevers for almost the entire week, and he just he hasn't even eaten anything, really. And if you see, we looked at him, like he's like all scaly and this and that. But he's still, got, he's still good to go. So I don't think any of us in here have experienced a famine of this degree. And I can pretty much assure you none of us have had a child die and come back to life. So Ryan, how does this, how does this story apply to our lives? How does this thousands of years old story of real people that walk this earth? Well, it's a vital to understand that this moment is not just a story in a book. But it's a prophetic moment for every child of God. This moment of death and this moment of life of this widow's son is a physical prophecy of another only son who would die and who would rise again, who would live this life and he would die carrying our sins and three days later he would rise again because he wasn't going to stay dead. The tomb wasn't going to conquer him and we just sang about it all morning. And anybody that puts their trust and their life in his hands and in him and you believe in him, listen, everything changes. The resurrection of the son of the widow is a historical finger pointing to the future resurrection of the son of man, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when she went, this woman, to pick up sticks for her last meal, the widow of Zarephath had no idea of the incredible turn her life would take. What sticks are God asking you to pick up today? What cruise of oil and what little bit of flour and meal is God saying, give away? I am not trying to hit your pocketbook. This woman was giving of her very life away. You know what it's called? It's called life on life. 
are you and I willing to give of our self to someone else? You say, well, Ryan, it's going to it's going to cost me an afternoon. It's going, to, it's going to cost me this, and it's going to cost me that. Sometimes it might cost you everything. Sarah and I were on our way with our family, and we're actually going to see Jesus and Maria, and it's good to see Freddie and Daisy there. You continue to pray for, for Jesus. The, uh, we've got a long road ahead. The body still has to accept the liver. I was telling her about this story. I was telling her about what I was preaching on. And she said, Ryan, what's our everything? She said, God, I'm asking him right now, that, am I willing to give up whatever everything is? Listen, you can because of the resurrected Jesus Christ. Because in him, you have everything. He's given you everything that you need. This woman, it was not going to be her last day. Because lurking over her was not the shadow of death, but it was the very giver of life. And you and I, we can look back at an Old Testament story and we can live differently. This woman had no clue what was going on in her life. She could only know of a future of Jesus Christ dying. You and I, we live in the present where Jesus Christ some 2,000 years ago died on the cross, took our sin, was buried, and three days later rose again. You and I, we can live in that power. Because Jesus is our hero. This woman isn't our hero. She points you to the one that can actually sustain you. The one that actually tells you, you've got everything. So you can give some of yourself away. Don't hold it in. It all begins for with her. With a stranger's seemingly outrageous request. Followed by an act faithful obedience. What's God calling you to? If you're here this morning and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I assure you, He is calling you to the cross. He is calling you to cling to Jesus for salvation and what He did on the cross. And if you are here this morning and you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, He is calling you to cling to Him. Hear me. So you can give it all away. knew you wanted everything, Pastor. No. In Jesus, you've got everything, so you can live your life. You've heard this so many times the last several months. Open-handed. Because Jesus completely filled it. He's our hero. Let the story of a woman challenge you in the midst of her suffering to step outside and say, okay, let me bless somebody else. Who do you need to bless today? Who is God pinpointing your heart to step into their life and share your life with them? Let's pray. Father, Lord, I thank you for your word. and God, I thank you for the power of it. And Lord, I know that the the theologically, God, that I could give up everything because in Jesus I have everything. But Lord, practically, where that rubber meets the road sometimes is very difficult to discern. And Father, I pray that you'd give each 